Sarah Marie. And this is Hannah Henson. And we want to welcome you to the Raise Your Standards podcast. It's so nice to be back together again. Um, it's episode 16, and it's just your gals, Autumn and Hannah, this week. No, um, no guests. Yep. Nope. You get our lovely voices and our lovely um, topic today, which is um, mental health and ways to kind of battle anxiety and the thoughts of anxiety. And yeah, so we're going to be drawing on personal experience, um, some sermons we've watched and yeah. So um, yeah, let's just talk about, um, I guess, maybe some myths in um, the church or like as a Christian, um, how like Christians shouldn't struggle with anxiety. Um, I know that's a big question to start off with, um, Mm -hmm. but I think it's an important one to realize because, yeah, I mean, I think everybody struggles and it's okay that Christians struggle. Um, I think a lot of times we think that, well, Jesus can take that away and it's not that he doesn't take that away. It's sometimes a process. Sometimes it's deeper than we think. Um, And I guess maybe to define anxiety or talk about that is just, you know, those thoughts that your mind is racing or you're, you're thinking about something that makes you nervous or worried. And uh, maybe it's a certain person or something, a situation that triggers you or um, a certain event. That's the unknown. I feel like the Mm -hmm. unknown is always what triggers me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm just not knowing what the future holds too, I think is a huge one. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, like as a Christian, um, I know that I've like struggled with worried thoughts or anxious thoughts. And even though I'm a Christian, like those still come to mind or I have to battle those myself. So I think that's such a big myth because we're human. It's not, you know, it's not like we're heavenly beings. We still have to surrender those thoughts. So it's okay to struggle as a Christian. It's okay to have um, anxious thoughts as a Christian. It's just as long as you're taking those thoughts captive and yeah, you go through seasons where, you know, you're not doing the best job of that. And you're maybe more in a worried season due to maybe your environment that you're living in or a job or someone you're dating or in a single season or whatever that might be that triggers you. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of to add to that. So I'll share. I've been going to therapy for probably, I don't know, maybe like four or five years now on and off in different seasons. And I think we've talked about this before, but obviously it can be expensive, but the college I went to had free services. And I know a lot of different places offered just like at least some sessions, or if you do have insurance, insurance can offer a few free sessions, but it's been something that has really helped me. And I believe that God has really connected me with those people in my life to find the right therapy options and I actually went to a Christian-based therapist for a while and it was really cool because some of our sessions we would actually spend praying together praying over about certain things so for me I felt like she was definitely a person that God had really connected me to and I think there have been other people who are like oh like you don't need therapy I just bring it all to God and are you not bringing it to God if you're going to a therapist? And it's like, well, no, (laughs) like for me, I think it's just another outlet and honestly kind of like a voice of truth and reason of kind of re-encouraging me to not think worst case scenario and reshape my thoughts. And 
that can be what Hannah said, just based on your environment you grew up in or in other people you're hanging out with or whatever that might look like, but it can really rub off on things that I wasn't previously worried about that now I'm like so stressed about just because someone else might be stressed about it, like money, for example. And that's been something that talking it through with a therapist, I'm able to better define for myself of what do I actually believe to be true and what is actually true and kind of sorting through those thoughts that might not be helpful. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, who was it? It was, um, there's a really good book that you actually gave to me, get out of your own way or get out of your head or something. Yeah. Get out of your head by Jenny Allen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a really good Mm -hmm. book Mm because in that book, it sorted through of like, you kind of like would follow this path of like, here's my thought and then kind of go down Mm -hmm. the line of, is this true? Yes or no. Did someone tell this to me or am I just assuming it? Yes or no. And that was something that actually that really helped me a lot. That was a good book. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, a lot more pastors are talking about it. Um, I think another thing or a myth, maybe not a myth or just something, an area that the church didn't really talk about, at least where I was growing up, was just not talking about mental health. Like mental health was a separate entity and it was something that you didn't touch as a past, pastor, maybe. And I didn't talk about it in, you know, my catechism that I was in you know, when I was younger, because not that it wasn't a big deal back then, I'll say, but I think it's more at the forefront now because there's so many more struggles, like the world is getting more evil and like there's so many other distractions and things to battle with. Um, But on the other hand, there were people in the Bible that struggled, like Elijah, um, he had battles of loneliness. Um, David was in despair. Um, and then Jeremiah, everybody knows the verse, 20, verse uh, chapter 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, let's prosper you, not to harm you. So he even worried about the future. So it's just, I mean, we think they're new things or like it's a new age decision to have anxiety and depression and be diagnosed and all this kind of stuff. Um, but in biblical times, that was a huge thing as well. Like people still struggled back then. And that is still something to talk about and get from the Bible. Like the Bible's not old news. It's still something that you can pull from, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Good reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, another myth uh, that I found was God doesn't care about your mental health, which is obviously not true. Um, as, as a child of God and as daughters of his of him it is so important to know that like god cares about everything he cares if you're anxious he cares if you're worried because he wants all of that away from you he wants to take that away from you that's why jesus died on the cross for us is so that we didn't have to battle those things so it's not a yeah it's not like he doesn't care he's not some dictator up there that's like no like he walks with you he talks with you he's with you through all those seasons and those battles so yeah, God definitely cares. <laughs> There's no way um, you should let anybody tell you that God doesn't care that you struggle or that you have anxious thoughts or if you're depressed or anything that can all be taken to the Father. So that's good. And I think actually that's a really good point of like just carving that time out. Um, I see on here, you're down like 12 minutes a day of prayer can change everything. I 
think that's a great reminder and 12 is my favorite number so I think it's meant for me but uh, that was something that (laughs) I think would be just really helpful and definitely in times of anxiousness and anxiety I can take a step back and realize of like and my therapist and I will go through this sometimes at the beginning of our sessions of just like you know are you doing those things that we discussed are you taking time to do yoga are you taking time to eat are you taking walks throughout the day are you setting boundaries and then for me adding to that list like am I taking time for prayer and to just like be with my thoughts and assess like how my relationship is going with God and what I'm doing to actively encourage and pursue that because I think in times of stress I realized that like that has been kind of like put on the back burner which then obviously is leading to anxiety so that's something that I really like that you have on here and just, or even, I think we've talked about this before, like the five minutes a day of like prayer, five minutes of worship, and then five minutes reading your Bible and taking Mm -hmm. that time to just like sit and have quiet time and just reframe those thoughts, I think is always a must. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, Craig Rochelle, shout out to Craig Rochelle. I'm reading his book. Um, Oh gosh, now I can't even remember the name of it. It's like changing your brain. Um, and it's a book about rewiring your brain because there's so many thought patterns and thoughts that you have in a day that literally create pathways to make you think a certain way. So if you're going to think negative, let's say about a certain situation or a certain person, you're constantly going to go back to that same event or that trigger or whatever happened for you to not like that person unless you change it, unless you forgive the person or literally rewire that part of your brain. Um, And it's been super interesting to learn about and listen to, but yeah, he said like 12 minutes of just sitting and praying and 12 minutes seems like a long time, but I'm like, honestly, we probably need that. (laughs) It's just that constant time. Cause yeah, the five, five and five, if you're constantly doing that, you know, the five minutes of reading your Bible devotions and worship, that's really good. But even to have your focus on something for 12 minutes, I feel like we don't do that at all. I know in the morning I try to read my Bible and be in it for like 10 minutes, um, praying and journaling and stuff. But for him, you know, when he said the 12 minutes of just sitting down and praying for, you know, if it's someone significant in your life or even just thinking about, okay, what is going to make what is coming up that's making me anxious and taking that time to really analyze and talk to God about it. Like, why is this bothering me and really getting to the root of the issue before it snowballs into something bigger? Um, Because then, yeah, we affect everybody else when we aren't figuring out what's wrong with us and what we need to work on. Um, Yeah. And that's something that I'm constantly working on right now because, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, from, birth to now 25 that I've gone through that, you know, need some rewiring and need some new circuits. So um, I think that's just important to reflect on at any stage of your life, but um, especially in your twenties. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I know uh, Hannah Overby have ta- has talked about this one once, but she said she uses the acronym HALT, which her mom had used a lot with her growing up and her siblings growing up but halt stands for hungry angry lonely or tired Mm, (laughs) i think mm -hmm. that can cover a lot of those of like maybe not related to anxiety but more of just like that feeling of uneasiness 
And that's something that I think it's insane how many times that actually really solves problems by just feeding yourself. So I noticed mm-hmm. a lot during COVID when I started working from home, I would just have this really poor habit of just like working nonstop and then not getting up to eat something or mm-hmm. just feeling like, what's the point, you know, like I'm just stuck here and then feeling sad about that. So something that I really have to start getting into the habit of is just eating at the, those like quote unquote normal normal times that I would have normally ate in the office or even putting it on my calendar, putting a block on my calendar. Um, Cause that was something that really affected me. And then taking time to do those other things, like actually get up and stand up and go for a walk and I have my dog, so it makes it easier because I have to give her a walk. <laughs> um, but that's something that has helped me just like sorting through that in my brain, quick acronym of what is actually the issue and what's triggering me to feel this way. Because sometimes it's not actually the thing that's right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and honestly, he talked about he is in Craig Groeschel. <laughs> I was talking about that in a sermon um about your anxious thoughts he said um anxiety isn't um let's see anxiety isn't a sin um because jesus was suffering in agony and it's just you know when you're constantly in that cycle if that's a routine thing for you if that's almost like a hobby for you to sit in anxiety that's something to be thought about but i mean we all have different anxious thoughts or different triggers he talks about that he's like it's a signal or a symptom think when you're driving a car and your check engine light comes on, that's a signal for you to figure out, okay, what's going on. There's something wrong. Mm, um, and what do I need to think? Yeah. I was like, that was just an amazing um, application to your life. I was like, yeah, if you're anxious, it's not like something bad is happening or whatever. It's just a signal to let you know, Hey, something's going on and you need to figure this out. It's not, something that's, you know, a bad thing or, you know, that should be pushed down or not addressed. It's something that, Hey, you need to be aware of this, you know, whether that's God or, you know, even yourself, just those feelings, like to trust that gut feeling of, okay, yep. Something's wrong. What's making that wrong and giving that to God too. And maybe immediately just, okay, God, what's going on? Like, I don't know why I feel this way or, um, what do I need to do? Do I need to leave a situation? Um, do we need to say no to something because I'm getting overwhelmed? All those kind of things. So mm-hmm. that's, that's good. Really cool. There's also a book I have also talked on uh, before I mentioned this book, but it's called Designing Your Life. And it's something that I need to revisit myself, but there's four different categories to kind of break it down into. So first category being work, second category being play, third category being love and the fourth category being health and so you you fill it out like you would a gas tank of like is this 25% full 50% full 75 or 100% and mm-hmm. if one is off balance let's say you're bored and you just have way too much time on your hands your play scale is going to be way overboard and your work scale is going to be low or vice versa if you're mm-hmm. overworking yourself and you're not getting enough play time and play time being like relaxing time or do whatever <laughs> you insert that uh playing sounds kind of like kids but I mean maybe that's what you need though you know like get out and go on trampoline and go jump around and that's something that I think just feeling like 
one is out of whack, it's really going to affect your overall mood and in terms of kind of circling of like, you know, oh my gosh, I have this bill coming up. Oh, now there's that. And now I've seen this family Mm -hmm. member. They always make me feel this way. And then Mm -hmm. just kind of constantly focusing on what's next and that list or anxious thoughts is never going to end. Like when you're single, it's like, oh my gosh, when I'm, when am I going to meet my husband? Like blah, blah, blah. And then now you're engaged and not my stress is a whole new stress, but it's like finding a wedding venue. Like there's way too many options for one person. And yeah, it might be fun at points, but in its own way, it can be overwhelming. So I think that's just good of like, just being present of where you're at. And there's another really good diagram I saw the other day on Instagram. It was a woman who was carrying, uh, so there's three different rocks. So one rock is past one is present and one is the future rock and these are like huge boulder rocks right and so the one diagram shows her holding all three at once and she's so weighed down and can't process everything and is collapsing the other diagram is her holding the present one with the future rock in front of her and the past rock behind her and just kind of like putting that into perspective like if you try and take on everything at once and all those emotions like of course you're going to collapse like you're only human Mm -hmm. so being able to just set those boundaries and even if people around you or a boss is like get this on I need this all done at once it's like okay Mm -hmm. can you give me a prioritize like which thing I need to get done first because I'm only one person who can finish things at normal human speed so (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. that's just that was just like that's me in the rock (laughs) with three at the time I'm trying to juggle and it ain't happening Mm -hmm. yeah well and that's Honestly, this is a great transition because I was just, um, I've been reading in a passage uh, in Second Chronicles um, chapter 20 and it talks about the leader Jehoshaphat and it talks about how he was anxious um, because there were three different armies coming at him and he was like, I can't do this. Like, I literally can't handle this. And he was like, God, I just don't know what you're doing. And I don't, how am I going to handle all these armies? And it's so true. Like, It'd be one thing if we could handle everything ourselves. If it was one thing coming at a time, we may think we could handle it. But the reality is in the world right now, there is way more than one thing coming at you at the same time. And like you said before, you know, if it's a certain season, whether you're single, engaged, like it's still going to be there. Like there's always going to be something that's going to make you anxious, but it's all in the approach of, okay, you know, you can't handle it all. So just give it to God and like, be still and know that he will take care of it. Because in this, um, in this part of the Bible, Jehoshaphat and these leaders and the community all went to the temple and prayed and literally they all killed each other. That, that is what happened. And that was old Testament. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt with the whole murdering each other. But, um, all those armies fell apart and God took care of the issue. Like they didn't have to do anything else. They worship God and the armies took care of themselves. Like there was nothing else to do other than for them to pray and wait. Um, so I think that's such a huge thing to um, look at that example and apply into our own lives because there is, I don't know, I guess for me today was a pretty stressful day for me <laughs> because I felt like you have your intentions for the day. I start my day with God and then it just all goes to heck since then. (laughs) 
Um, there's always something that seems to happen and I can either take the approach of, you know, being really down or I can be like, have the approach of, okay, yep. All these things are happening, but I can't control that. I can never be in control of how my day is going to go. So I can just let it go and know that God's going to take care of it. Like it will all be okay. And I can have that trust. It's just hard because we live in a world where, you know, we want to plan everything out and we want to do everything. I mean, for Pete's sakes, we were supposed to do this podcast like an hour sooner (laughs) than we did. And that's just how it works sometimes. And yeah, God knows the timing better than we do. So yeah. Yeah, that's good. And you were saying of like uh, being able to kind of sort through that and realize like things come up and change. And um, there's something I was going to ask you. I think it was around of like you have that strong mindset of like, oh, yeah, that you can't control things. And of course, we both go through seasons where we feel like we can and then we obviously can't. Um, But that was something that I was thinking of, of like, you seem to be really good at thinking through that of like, okay, I can't control this, like, you know, kind of let it go. But I wanted to ask you of like, how do you navigate when individuals around you do not see things that way and Mm -hmm. feel like, oh, you know, maybe I do need to do everything at once. And I think a good example would be in like a working relationship or family dynamic of you know, someone's doing more, maybe they need to feel like they need to get everything done at once. And I just want to hear about how you navigate that. Cause I think our environment has a lot of influence on emotions and how we're approaching certain problems. And when I lived alone, it was like all my internal thoughts, you know, and now it's, there's whole other people involved. So I just wanted Mm -hmm. to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I think it's easy for me to say because it's something that I'm working on right now. Um, do I have it all figured out? No. Um, but I think honestly, from a young age, I believe that God, I don't know, like I've never, not that I haven't ever struggled. Like I, I think I've more recently been like addressing maybe some anxiety that I had struggled with in the past. Um, but I think the biggest thing I'm learning is that you're redeemed from that. Um, and I think that does nothing to, I, my biggest thing is it has nothing to do with the people that are around you. It has everything to do with your relationship with the Lord and how you see God. Um, we were talking about that in my women's group last night about like, how is your relationship with the Lord? How do you see God? And I think right now I just, I'm moving into a place where like I see him as my dad and just like his little girl and knowing that he knows me and loves me and that I'm his daughter and that he would not take care of his daughter um, and sons and whoever else is listening to this too. Um, he will take care of you because he's the one you're after. He's always going to be the one that's after you. doesn't matter if, there's a guy chasing you. Doesn't matter if um, your home life isn't perfect. Doesn't matter if you're making enough money. Um, God will always provide. And it looks different um, for everybody. Everybody's always struggling with something. And it's easy to just say, well, just let it go. But you could, yeah, hang your hat on so many different things. You could be like, oh, well, I'm just going to talk about this person at work and gossip. 
but in reality, that's only draining you more. So to be all caught up in something is just a waste of energy and a waste of time because you could be doing something so different. So I guess to wrap that all up, it, it comes down to, for me, surrendering like any part of negative thinking or thinking that I should be somewhere else because I truly don't know, like, I don't have my life figured out. <laughs> I don't know, you know, what kind of job I'm going to have in the next couple of years. I don't know when I'm going to have kids. I don't know when I'm going to get married. I have no clue. And I think for the first time, it's just the most freeing thing to not, um, not have it all figured out, I guess. So mm-hmm. I guess it depends on the season that you're in and I guess how easy you give up control and different personalities are different. Um, But I think it's, I think the more you put that over yourself, like just let it go, but letting God have it is way easier than just saying, let it go. You can give it to God because you're giving it to somebody else because he already paid for that on the cross. He paid for that. He paid for all the anxiety, all the worries, all of that. Um, so we can be set free from that. And I think we don't realize that more often. We think that, oh, well, this is always going to be a struggle for me. Or, you know, um, I've, you know, there's people that are on anxiety medications or depression medications, and those are all great and fine. And, but knowing that you can be healed from those things in some light, whatever that looks like, um, it may be lower dose. It might be um, you're going to see, you're going to a different church or getting counseling, whatever that looks like you will receive freedom in Jesus. Like it doesn't matter what that looks like, but you will. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. Also for context, I'm, I'm someone who is still on anxiety medicine and I've tried to go off of it before. And I decided to do that during COVID, like the start of COVID, which was not great at all. Cause then all the therapy offices were closed and I couldn't go in and started almost solid into patterns of eating disorder habits because I wasn't able to really like view myself in a way that was healthy and it was just a complete mess and that was something that eventually like I realized okay like I don't need as high of a dose as what I was on but I think for just context of like yeah like I know that there's other ways to be able to make sure I'm not just like only taking medicine but like I'm actually Mm -hmm. actively taking care of my body and my spiritual health and all those things. So I think that's a good, 100%. yeah, good reminder and something to share. Um, but you're talking about, let's see, well, so in terms of anxiety, I had some, uh, I had a question to ask you. I'm trying to think what it was. <laughs> I just been like actively listening, but like this question popped into my head. I'm like, no, that's like so good. And then it completely left me. But I think in terms of just like being able to make sure that there's time, like that you're actively like adding in time to like think about those thoughts and I remember what my thought was now so here we go I was actually taking time to think about my thought and I remembered but you're talking about kind of like letting things go in terms of control and I've also been fortunate enough to really get to a place now where I'm like I don't care what happens like I could I mean 
if my boss is listening to this ever like I want my job still (laughs) but like I could actively like lose my job tomorrow and yes that would absolutely suck and money would not be coming in and you know all those things but at the end of the day like I know God and I know that he'll take care of me like I have awesome people in my life and community that I've built who I 100% know that I'll have a place to stay and I have connections who would be looking to help me get a new job and you know so that's Mm -hmm. something that it took me a really long place to get to that and I think I always felt like I had to grip things so tightly and hold so tightly to my job or a certain status or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to think back to myself of like what things actually helped me to get to that point and I think it kind of comes back to just community and being able to build those relationships around me like relationships are really everything and having that community to lean back on and go through hard times together is something that no doubt now I'm like money for me is no longer a concern and not because it's like oh I'm this rich person who can do whatever like no not at all but I think just being able to realize like they're like God puts people in uh individuals in your life to be able to help you through those times so mm-hmm. I think I would be curious of like how did you get to that place where you're like you know what like I could not know who my husband is for three years and that's going to be okay with me like what encouraged you to feel that way um well it's a daily thing um <laughs> <laughs> maybe sometimes hourly uh and sometimes minute by minute Uh, But I think the biggest thing is, um, I don't know, my family had never like instilled fear in me to be worried about anything. Um, Like whether I won't say like, like we're not. Yeah, I would say we're financially okay. But I mean, even if we weren't, they wouldn't um, instill that fear in me to be worried about that. Um, I like to think back. This is probably the best example I could give as far as like environment and family wise, um, what helped me with that is, um, when COVID hit, I was so scared. I was, I just felt like this fear and anxiety as I'm sure everybody else did at that time, but literally my family just took it in swing. It was never a fearful thing for us to be worried about what was going on in the world. It was just a day by day thing, but there was never fear instilled in me from my parents. Um, or my brother or anything. It was just just something that we were going to walk through as a family and stay strong as a family. Um, So I think that was really huge for me. That I guess was more recent in the last couple of years Um, and more recent than that. I don't know. I've never been a person who's been dead set on a career or dead set on somewhere where I'm going to live or or, um, anything like that. I think for me, it's really corny, but wherever I'm planted, I'll try to grow and try to grow wherever God wants me to be. And sometimes that's harder for me to grasp because I'm like, I just don't feel like I'm equipped for this. I don't feel like this is what I should be doing, but, um, God surrounds those people to confirm that with you. And, you know, will make that clear to you. Um, like I'm helping with the youth group now. And this lady was like, I'm really excited that you're here. This is awesome. And I'm like, I don't know how awesome this is going to be, but we'll see. And, you know, you just got to meet it with a good attitude because yeah, I mean, 
you can, you could have it all figured out. You know, anybody who's listening, you could be in your dream job. You could have your dream man. You could have all those kind of things. But the one thing that's got to be solid is your relationship with the Lord. And that looks different um, for everybody. It could be, you know, you're closer to him in prayer. You're closer to him in worship, whatever that is. Um, but that's the only thing that's going to be constant. You know, you could think it's your dream job today and it could be the worst thing ever tomorrow. And that's, those are things that are going to change. The only thing that's going to be constant is God. And that's the only thing that's been constant for me is my relationship with the Lord. It's always been there through anything that I've been through. Have I been a perfect person? No, I'm still not. I'm still working on things that I need to be like better about. Um, but I know that he's perfect and that I can still come to him as an imperfect person and still be called a daughter, still be called um, one of his because we're made in his image. And um thing to kind of like snowball into that uh first peter 5 7 says let's see here casting all your cares on him because he cares about you um because he does he cares about everything and i think yeah it doesn't matter like he you know he talks about in the bible um he will give you the desires of your heart as long as you follow him and everything but it's okay if you don't, it's okay if you don't get your desires because like God's best is going to be the best for you. So yeah, that's how I look at that in my seasons of <laughs> life, whether it's work, life, relationships, all that fun stuff, friendships. I think friendships are hard too, but that's a whole nother <laughs> can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> I think also just uh, doing, I used to do this. I really need to do this more of like a five minutes of gratitude or write down five things I'm grateful for every day. Uh, Cause I think that just really frames things back to a positive mindset uh, rather than like a worrisome mindset of what's not going well, but what is going well. And that's something that I struggle with because a lot of people in my family struggle with that to look at things through of like what is worst case scenario, what's going to happen. And really, I mean, more often than not worst case scenario doesn't happen. And I have, had times where it does and you pick yourself back up and figure out ways to navigate it and really maybe you don't do the picking up but friends and Jesus of course um and that's something that I think has really helped me of just reframing those thoughts into how is this positive rather than how is this negative and sometimes it takes help and other people helping you to see it that way yeah um, I think, yeah, that's just such a huge thing is community and the people around you to, um, talking to you and talking into those spaces, because it's one thing to be vulnerable and tell people that you're struggling. Um, but it's another to have people come alongside you and know that it's going to be okay. Um, Craig had an elder, Craig Rochelle, um, who wrote the book. Um, he's wrote many books. Um, he's part of Life Church, but he had said, an elder of the church told him like not to be anxious. And there's a verse in the Bible that's Philippians four, four always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And that person, that elder kept saying it over him and he was just so mad. He's like, I'm not full of joy though. It's, and it's okay to not be full of joy, but you know, there's really no other reason not to be because God already took it all away. And that's really simple, but it's, I mean, yeah, you, 
cast your cares and then be full of joy. That's a fruit of the spirit and it'll be okay. It's not anything you have to worry about. Um, and especially, you know, having people that are holding you accountable and being there to encourage you in those times, because especially if you're one of those friends that are in those times with those people, it's okay to be like, yep. Okay. I know this person is struggling and I know they'll be there for me in the times that I struggle. Cause I think you and I, especially we've been long distance friends for a long time. Like I think Mm -hmm. Ever since we became friends, I mean, whether it was two and a half hours or a thousand <laughs> so miles <true>. away, um, <laughs> like there's really like that's there's all never I've been, ever been overlap. <laughs> that's all I'm no. Ever well, we made it work, honestly. Yeah, well, and I think again, it just takes a conscious effort of like being a friend to somebody and being in there in the hard times and the good times. Um, because yeah, like I mean, I've gotten texts from you, and, you know, you've gotten texts from me, we're like, we're not doing good. I need to talk to you or I need prayer or whatever that is but like having those close friends to be hey yeah I need you to talk to me right now or hey you know I know you're at work or whatever and I'm that friend that's like yep I'm at work but I'm gonna call you right now or you know whatever that might be because uh, honestly people are way more worth investing than anything else because that's what Jesus would do and it's not always going to be about your work. Your work's still going to be there when you get off the phone or, you know, when you stop by to see somebody. I just, yeah, I think it's really important to be there for your people and also for people that are struggling as well. So, yeah. Amen. So long distance relationships do work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> long distance friendships. It just takes uh, work. It does. Definitely. And I think that's, something that yeah you could say for other things too so mm-hmm. yes ma'am does. so all righty well i think we we covered a lot <laughs> do you have yeah we a, did <laughs> anything to add or summarize on i think just i'm trying to think back to for me i think it just comes back to like being able to first acknowledge that and so many people to me are like oh my gosh you go to therapy like congrats that's awesome like way to get to that point I think for me I'm just naturally like well I want to be a better version of myself of course I would go but I think just having that first initial awareness or letting that guard down of like okay I'm not the superhero who can manage all my life on my own like it takes other individuals it takes God and for me that decision was going to therapy so just having that awareness and then second part of that like putting in the active work to make that happen and not just talking about therapy but like anxiety in general of like how am I like feeling anxious why am I feeling anxious what does that trigger setting time aside to really sort through that and uh develop an action plan I think is the third thing so now I've worked with my therapist to notice of like okay why am I feeling this way and what am I going to do about it when I feel that way so it's not this like because anxiety as everyone probably knows like if you think about one thing and I'm worrying about like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for the house next month? Oh wait, this happens and that happens and that happens. And it's just before you know it, you're down this rabbit hole of like, life sucks. Life's going to like not be good. I'm going to lose a house. And, and that's really just finding ways to avoid that spiral, I think. And that book that we were talking about of get out of your head is a really great place to start and really simple place to start of just like identifying anxiety and how you can navigate through it 
Yeah. Well, and I just, I think for me, I mean, we talk about a lot of different things on this podcast, but I think this was an important topic to talk about. Um, and another thing to remember is like, you're not alone. It's not okay. It's excuse me. It's okay to think these thoughts. Um, it's okay to talk about them with other people. Um, but I think the biggest thing is knowing that, um, you're not like, don't feel lonely in your thoughts. Don't keep it inside. Um, because that's exactly what the enemy wants is for you to just continue to be in your little, um, whether it's your room or your safe space. Um, but your thoughts will just keep eating you alive. Um, I know that's, I've come to points like that where you just, it's just not a healthy place to be in and you want to be you. Okay. I'm going to use this example to wrap us up. Um, you spend time physically training for something. Um, you know, you need to get out and be with your friends. So that's like more of your social well-being or like going out and doing things. Um, your, uh, emotional well-being or like your mental health always takes a back burner seat. I would say, because at least for me, because I think a lot of those other things are prioritized, but mental health is something to prioritize is something to, um, delve deeper into spend time getting to know and getting your mind healthy. Um, and for me and, you know, for autumn, a lot of that is bringing that all to God and having that faith aspect of letting that go and finding true healing, um, in your heart and your mind. So yeah, I think it's worth investing the time in, um, whether you need counseling or if you need somebody to reach out to, or, you know, it may be addressing the person that you're anxious about or yeah, whatever that looks like, just know that you like the number one person that's going to be there for you all the time is God. And he will heal you from that stuff. Um, and we'll take those thoughts away. So that's the I guess the number one tip I'll give is just give it to God. And people say that all the time, but truly just letting go of thoughts that aren't going to be of any help to you because there's going to be things you can't control. So, yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, but yeah, fun. I thought this that was, was a great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was good to well, finally be back together. Exactly. And I think we both, it's something I think what I really enjoy about our podcast is the fact that like we're both dealing with this stuff you know like this is not mm -hmm. something it's like oh we're speaking at this from a thought leadership perspective like yes we've done mm -hmm. active research to navigate these things but these are things that we're currently walking through and we're just finding ways to navigate it so and yeah. sharing with you guys too because mm -hmm. yeah and knowing that like we do struggle with these things you know, we don't sit right. on a platform that's like, yeah, preaching at you guys. We're preaching to ourselves and hopefully helping you guys. So, yeah, mm -hmm. yep. which is huge. So, yes, ma'am. Alrighty. Well, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you want to subscribe, please do make sure to go follow Raise Your Standards podcast on Instagram. And then Autumn Odin is my Instagram. Hannah underscore, underscore. 
Yeah. Do I get it? Do I get it? Look at oh you. You remembered it all on your own. Okay, that's <laughs> the first time I've been able to remember that. That's why Hannah normally does this thing off spot. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. That's right. okay. Yeah. Clear mind. I was able to success, but hope you enjoyed this podcast and learn more about how to raise your series.